Without a vision, people lose direction. They're not going anywhere. That is, except in circles. Dr. Tony Evans says if you find yourself wondering, what you're following may not be a vision. Dreams may be foggy, visions are clear. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. There's a good reason people who can't see aren't issued driver's licenses. But Dr. Evans says there are plenty of us who are careening down the road of life, not realizing our vision is impaired. Let's join him as he talks about how we can use God's vision to guide us safely to the right destination. Vision allows you to put feet to your calling like glasses to a person with a myopic perspective. It allows things to be visualized and brought into focus. First of all, the concept of vision, if I could take your attention to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Where there is no vision. Some version says where there is no revelation. The people cast off restraint. And that is because in the Bible, the correct concept of vision always inculcates that which comes from the Lord. Vision is never isolated from God. It is that which God allows you to see because that is in fact to be plugged in to what he wants you to do. A vision is a clear mental picture of God's calling on your life to create a better future for others. First of all, a vision is clear. Dreams may be foggy. Visions are clear. In other words, there is no lack of clarity. This is what you see, and you know what you see. A vision is always related to the future, about where you're going. You're not there yet, but it's where you're headed. And like a calling, because a vision is tightly related to a calling, where God has you going will always benefit others. If the vision is selfish, if it's only related to you, you can bank your bottom dollar, it's not from God. With a vision, you see the invisible beyond the natural eye. It's eagle-like vision. I don't know how much you know about eagles. Eagles have outstanding vision. An eagle can see a little tiny bug in six inches of grass below because It has the ability to see beyond the norm. When God gives you a vision, he gives you eagle-like perspective so that things you never see before all of a sudden become real clear in your mind's eye. So, what's your vision? If I were to ask you to write down your vision, what do you see? We use the word dream more than vision, but the concepts are used interchangeably. What do you see five years from now, 10 years from now, 
20 years from now. Because if all you see is what you see now, you don't have a vision. And without a vision, people lose direction. They're not going anywhere. That is, except in circles. What then is the content of a vision? We've got the concept. What about the content? Well, let's look at a, a biblical illustration. The book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah helps us to see a vision. Here's a man who was given a vision by God and therefore a calling to fulfill that vision and it was to rebuild Jerusalem. That's a pretty tall order. Now, Jerusalem had been decimated for a long, long time, a couple hundred years. Let me first show you chapter 2, verse 12. It says, and I arose in the night. I am a few men with me. I did not tell anyone what my God was putting in my mind to do for Jerusalem. Notice the connection. My God put it in my mind to do this calling. But to do this calling, he put it in my mind. I could see it in my mental picture. Let me give you the ingredients of a vision. One. It always involves a burden. Chapter 1, verse 2, his brother Hananiah has come back. He's in Persia. Nehemiah's in Persia. And Nehemiah asks his brother a question. He says, how are the rest of our Jewish brothers doing back in Jerusalem? How are the folks back home? The answer from his brother Hananiah comes in chapter 1, verse 3. And he said to me, the remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. Now, that may not sound like much to you, but he understood what that meant. He meant there's no civilization back home. Things are chaotic. Things are a grand mess back home. It says in verse 4, it came about when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. He felt it. Your vision, you not only see, you feel. If there's something that is on your heart you can't shake, before you go overtime try to shake it, you better find out whether it's from God. Because you can't shake a vision. Because it's like passion to a calling. You feel it. The second thing is that when you have a burden, that burden, because it's weighing heavy on you, drives you to God. It says in verse 4 that he wept and mourned for days. So this was on his mind continually, and it drove him to God. When it's God's vision, because it's God's calling, and therefore you have God's burden, it's going to drive you, guess what, to God. So he was willing to take a risk to go before this man. Chapter 2 tells him the king one day sees that he's, he's not looking very happy, his normal spunky self. He says, why is your, verse 2, why is your face sad, though you're not sick? This is, he says, well, I'm sad of heart. Why are you sad of heart? He says, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place where my father's tombs lie, desolate and its gates are consumed with fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? 
That's what you call a God moment. Well, now that you bring it up, O king, what I would like is a leave of absence because I want to go back there and fix this thing. Because God, we saw in chapter 2, verse 12, has put it on my heart, not just to feel bad about it, not just to pray about it. He wants me to do something about it. Let me explain something. Your calling always involves you. It doesn't involve you telling everybody else what to do. (laughs) Your vision involves you. And God has so worked it out where not only does a man give him a leave of absence to go back, but he gives them the tools to get the job done with. He says, well, look, I'll send you there. And I'll tell you what, I'll load you up with the stuff you need to get it done. And then I'll tell everybody else along the way to leave you alone. Let's stay incur my wrath. That leads to another thing that's part of a vision. And that is a plan. You got to have a plan, folks. God is the most planningest person in the universe. Sovereignty. God has a plan. Did you know? In the mind of God, Jesus Christ was crucified before the foundation of the earth because it's part of a plan. All the way Jesus Christ, is, he's walking on earth, doing his thing. They try to get him. He says, my time has not yet come. It's not time for the plan. The Bible says, in fullness of time, Jesus was born of a woman under the law at just the right time because God is unfolding a plan. Spiritual people plan. It's not carnal to plan. If God has given you a vision, he expects you to develop a plan for fulfilling it. He develops a plan. Verse 11 through 20, he goes around, he surveys the situation, he goes to each gate, finds out the problem at every gate. In chapter 3, he lines up the families according to the various gates that needed to be fixed, and he unfolds a plan. One final thought. Your commitment to your vision. Let me turn to another well-known story in the book of Numbers, chapter 14. Numbers, chapter 14. God had told Moses, I'm going to take you to the promised land. In fact, we'll start in chapter 13. He says, I'm going to take you to the promised land, and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, send you over there, and I've got this thing laid out for you. This is the vision. You've never been there before. You've never seen it, but let me give you the vision. So my calling is for you to lead the people to the promised land. Let me describe, let me let you see it. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. That simply is a euphemism that means this is a highly productive piece of property. You won't go hungry here. It's flowing. And I had already worked out the details for you because I got some unrighteous folk out there and I told them to dig some wells. So the wells have already been dug. I, I, I didn't got the sinners to lay it out for the saints when the saints are ready to claim it. So it's all laid out for you. I want you to see it, dream it, and now I'm calling you to lead the people to it. But I want you to get a picture of it first. That's the vision. The calling was to lead the people. He says to them in chapter 13, I want you, verse 2, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of the tribes, each one a leader among them. So you send me out 12 leaders because the leaders are supposed to set the pace for the people. So you send me out 12 leaders who get out there and spy out the land. Now, 
this spying out the land was not to discuss whether God was going to give them the land. Because he says, no, you spy out the land which I am going to give you. So the vision is a sure vision, but I want you to be involved in the process, see what you're getting into, because I want you to develop strategies for taking over the land. We'll see how God gave these leaders a down payment on his vision when Dr. Evans returns with more of today's message in just a moment. Stay with us. Dr. Tony Evans says there's a crucial mindset we need to successfully navigate our days. The only way to survive life, particularly when it's doing you in, is to remember the sovereignty of God. Society offers many reasons to abandon hope. But here at The Urban Alternative, we recognize God's in control and praise Him for His blessings. That's the foremost message of The Best of Tony Evans 2023, a 20-part sermon bundle from Dr. Evans featuring his most requested lessons from the year. Now you can discover this powerful collection of messages for yourself, along with a copy of Tony's brand new devotional book, Transformed by the Trinity. They'll help you in your spiritual walk, drawing you closer to a personal relationship with your creator. God must be free to work in us before he can work for us. Go to TonyEvans.org to get your copy of Transformed by the Trinity and the Best of Tony Evans 2023. That's TonyEvans.org. In fact, the lesson you're hearing today is one of those 20 most requested messages of 2023. So be sure to visit us today at TonyEvans.org to make your year-end donation and request the Best of Tony Evans 2023 along with his new devotional book, Transformed by the Trinity. This collection makes a perfect Christmas gift for someone you care about. And we'd like to send it to you as our way of saying thanks for your financial support of Tony's ministry. Make your contribution online at TonyEvans.org today. Or call our Resource Center at 1-800-800-3222. I'll have that contact information for you again after part two of today's lesson. Let's join Dr. Evans once again as he picks up this narrative from the book of Numbers. When they returned from spying out the land, at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and they brought back word to them, and all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. So they went back and got a little sample. We'll call this a, a vision sample. All right? And they said, we went to the land, where you set us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Look how big these apples are. This is this land is like something we've never seen before. So, so what God wanted them to get was a little down payment. Nevertheless, watch out for the nevertheless folk. When it comes to your vision, let them nevertheless their vision, not nevertheless your vision. All right, nevertheless. The people who live in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. They're large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, they're living in the hill country. Then the Canaanites are living by the sea and the side of the Jordan. In other words, we got problems. Yeah, the land is exactly what it says there, but you got to see these folks. These folk are all over the place. The minority report is, while what God said is true, it's not practical. It's true. The land is flowing with milk and honey, 
But it's not practical. Why? Because there's too much opposition. Let's listen to the minority report. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. Caleb said, no, 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 no. God has already spoken it. We've seen it. It's time to go get it. That's the minority report. Now, let me tell you where Moses made a mistake, in my humble opinion. Moses made one mistake. He took a vote. You never vote on the will of God. Don't take votes on your vision if it's from God. Now, if, if you're not sure it's from God and you need some counseling, that's, uh, counselors, that's one thing. But when you know it's from God, it's not up for a vote. It's not up for a vote. But the men, verse 31, who had gone with him, were not we are not able to go up against the people. They are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out. Now they start lying. Making up stuff. Discouraging folk. Look, if you're going to discourage folk, go by yourself and discourage you. Don't transport it. He says in verse 33, we saw them and we are like grasshoppers. We call this the grasshopper mentality. We're grasshoppers in our own sight. You know why? Because they weren't looking at God's vision. They were looking at their ability. That's the problem. So they got the minority report. One was optimistic. One was pessimistic. They came, they saw the same land, but came to two different conclusions. But Joshua and Caleb could see what the others could not. Now let me tell you what happens when you don't accept your vision. Chapter 14, verse 29, your corpses shall fall in the wilderness. And guess what? For 40 years, they got to go in circles in the wilderness because they wouldn't accept the vision. Don't be 60, 70 years old saying you came to Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship and you're still walking in circles. That you accepted. You accepted the least of your ability. You accepted the, the, the lowest that you could go. You never dreamt a dream. You never saw anything bigger than you. You never, you never saw that you could go and fly high for God because he never had the freedom to dream his dreams in your head. Joshua 14, 7 to 12. This is 40 years later. Now watch this. Caleb is now 85 years old. He's 40 years old when this happens. He's 85 in Joshua chapter 14, verses 7 through 11. Now they're in the promised land under Joshua. Caleb comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, you remember? You remember, you see, all them other boys, they, they didn't see it. So they all died in the wilderness. But now you and I are in the promised land. And he says, Joshua, I'm 85. I was 40 when this thing came down. But I am as strong now as I was at 40. Because even if other folk try to stop God from expressing his vision through you, he will keep you around till he get rid of them so he can still do through you what he wants to get done. He says, I am 85 years old. I'm as strong now. I have continued to follow the Lord. And then he looks over and he says, Joshua, 
You see that mountain over there? All that hill country over there? That's mine. You give all that to me. That's my, That's what I've been dreaming about. And that's mine. Now, notice what he said at 85. He didn't say, give me this rocking chair. Give me this medical bed that goes up and down. He said, give me this mountain because I'm enjoying this thing. Said, I'm old, but I ain't cold. I'm going to enjoy this thing that I've waited so long to get. It's a long wait. When you get a vision, it'll change your priorities. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want, but you can only spend it once. You got one life. You can spend it any way you want, like a coin. But you only spend it once. Make sure you invest it, not just spend it on something that matters. A goof off on the high school football team. He hardly practiced. He hardly worked. He hardly did anything. He was just there for the ride. It was the championship game. Everyone knew the goof-off wouldn't play, but he was out there on the field, and he was a halfback, and he was like fourth string. The only problem is, in the championship game, the first string got hurt, the second string got hurt, and the third string got hurt, all in the first quarter. So now they've only got one halfback left. It's the old goof-off. They call him into the game. And the boy goes crazy. The boy is running over people, under people, around people. The coach cannot believe it. He has never seen athleticism like old goof off. What then got into the boy? The game is over. The coach comes to him after the game and said, look, look. Uh, excuse me, I, I have certainly underrated you. I don't, you've been around here a long time. I do not understand what I just saw today. How were you able to do that? He said, Coach, let me explain. My daddy's blind. My daddy died yesterday. This is the first day he gets to see me play. When you know daddy is watching, it affects how you play. When you know daddy is watching, it affects how hard you go. When you know daddy is watching, it affects your determination. I'm here to submit to you as you go on in your life. Daddy's watching. You play hard because you've only got one life. Dr. Tony Evans, encouraging us to trust God's vision by making it our own. And doing that begins when we accept God's greatest gift to us, the gift of eternal life offered through the sacrifice Jesus Christ made. If you have yet to accept that gift and begin a relationship with the Lord, you can do that today. Just visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. There, Tony will explain everything you need to know about what it means to be a real Christian and how to start a brand new lifelong journey with the Lord. You can find out more at TonyEvans.org. Now, you can hear the full-length version of today's message when you receive it as a part of our current year-end series, The Best of Tony Evans 2023. As I mentioned earlier, all 20 messages in this collection are our gift to you when you make a contribution to help us keep Tony's teaching on this station. 
And for a limited time, we'll also include a copy of his new devotional book, Transformed by the Trinity. Just drop by TonyEvans.org, where you can get all the details and make your donation online. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or you can call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our team members help with your request. Having the best aim in the world won't help you if you don't know what the target looks like. Dr. Evans says the same is true if you want to get your life pointed directly to the Lord. On Monday, he'll talk about how your commitment to God's Word can help you do that. I hope you'll join us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 